0: kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. For every episode, we discuss a problem topic from our category list. You can find this list on the Foundation's website, jae We ask ourselves and listeners, what is the goal? What is the vision for this problem category? What are the potential solutions? Welcome to this Everyday Life series on how God thinks about work, money, business, investing and leadership, biblical principles from Genesis to Revelation. It's under our Everyday Life category and you can find the full list of topics we shall cover under this category on our website jf.foundation, that is j-a-e-f.foundation. I'm excited about this series because we're both going on some sort of scavenger hunt. I've been doing some study on it and I've picked up some real nuggets on each of these topics, work, money, business, investing, and leadership. I'm still on a journey of discovery, but I thought I would invite you to come along with me. I've read a whole lot of books and I'm sure some of you have as well on each of these topics and there are thousands of self-help books out there. But I decided to consult the Almighty, God himself, on this subject, and I said, Lord, I've never really gotten to know or understand what your teachings, what your principles, what your strategy is, how your teachings from the Bible can even be applied to these areas of my life, work, money, business, investing, and leadership. So I asked him to teach me. So I, myself, I'm still taking this class. I don't know when I'll graduate (laughs) because there's a lot to uncover here, but all I am doing during this series is sharing what I'm discovering. I was going to hold off until I reached the end of Revelation, but the first discoveries blew my mind. I was mind blown by the first discoveries that I went. I've got to share some of these principles. I was amazed at at how God thinks and and his thought process and patterns. And I could start to, to map them out, so I thought it was really unique. So there's a lot that God's revealing to me and I myself, I feel like I've been doing so many things wrong when it comes to work, money, business, investing and leadership. I'm learning and applying these principles on the fly. Some of these principles might sound familiar. But that's because as we trek along, you'll discover that most of the self-help books out there are actually derivatives from the Bible. But I kind of wanted to hear it from the horse's mouth, so to speak. And one of the things that I like to do as a Christian is apply the Bible to my everyday life. Not many Christians approach the Bible like this. If you're going to tell me that this is the creator's handbook to all things that pertain to life and godliness, then I want to know how it applies to my everyday life. I mean, I want to know that if I'm in a corner, if I'm in a tight fix, if my back's against the wall and I need wisdom and that's the only way out, I want to know that I can open up this handbook and of course with the power and help of the Holy Spirit and find answers to the problem that i'm dealing with so first we shall spend some time decoding one of the most important books of the bible and of our history as mankind however our approach and intent are going to be different from what you would expect and that's why i believe this series is for everyone because we're going to look at the bible as a textbook as a manual we're going to check from Genesis to Revelation, decoding God's thought processes and patterns and see how we can apply them to our everyday lives in the area of work, money, business, investing, and leadership. So after we decode God's thought processes and patterns during creation, we shall come through the rest of Genesis to Revelation and covering more of God's thought processes and patterns and see how we can apply them to our everyday lives. Without further ado, welcome to Everyday Life Biblical Principles on How God Thinks About Work, Money, Business, Investing, and Leadership, Biblical Principles from Genesis to Revelation.
1: Burning in the streets, they're for higher learning. I'm ready to go higher. I'm ready to go higher. Let's go higher, yeah. higher.
0: Thank you for tuning in to the pre-show. This is episode one of How God Thinks About Work, Money, Business, Investing, and Leadership, Biblical Principles from Genesis to Revelation. Today's episode is about decoding creation and covering God's thought processes and patterns during creation. We hope this episode blesses your heart. So open up your heart and mind and let's dive in. This is Decoding Creation, God's Law, Process, and Patterns. And we're going to go over the first 10 principles that we can decode from creation. But we need to lay the parental law or parental principle on top of which all the next 10 principles will be laid. This statement will govern all principles we shall uncover from Genesis to Revelation. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth why is this important why is this the first statement of our discussion you see many times in the scientific world when they are experimenting with a new theory they set bounds and limits most times they start with an ideal environment and that's the bounds and limits within which the governing principles can work before they move the theory outside the ideal environment, basically to try and see how it applies everywhere. So the bounds and limits of all God's thought processes and patterns in regards to how God thinks about work, money, business, investing, and leadership will be set by this governing fundamental principle or law or statement that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And there's also a very intricate reason why we are setting this foundation. The statement in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth sets everything in motion for us. It tells us that everything about work, money, business, investing, and leadership finds its origins back in this genesis. So the DNA code, for how all these things operate was embedded into the first life-giving words that we find in Genesis chapter 1. So whenever God said let there be, natural law was set in motion. This is where natural law comes from. You know, things like gravity or so many of the laws that our natural world operates on. Every time God said let there be, natural law was set in motion. And we shall see as we go along how all the fundamental principles of natural law from Genesis come to the surface and into play in in everyday living. So our first principle, principle number one, is we need a clear vision and a plan. Principle number one, we need a clear vision and a plan. You see, when Genesis starts, it tells us God's vision it tells us about his vision his vision was to create the heavens and the earth it says in Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth so he had that vision now we also have some background information that God had a clear vision or that God had this clear vision of creating a heaven and the earth from the book of Proverbs chapter 8 verses 22 to 31 And if you read through it, this is what it says, verse 22. This is Proverbs chapter eight, verse 22, and it says, the Lord formed and brought me wisdom forth at the beginning of his way before his acts of old. I, wisdom, was inaugurated and ordained from everlasting from the beginning before the earth ever existed. When there were no deeps, I was brought forth. When there were no fountains, laden with water. Before the mountains were settled, before the hills, I was brought forth. While as yet he had not yet met the land or the fields or the first of the dust of the earth, when he prepared the heavens, I, wisdom, was there when he drew a circle upon the face of the deep and stretched out the firmament over it, when he made firm the skies above, when he established the fountains of the deep, when he gave to the sea its limit and his decree that the waters should not transgress across the boundaries set by his command, when he appointed the foundations of the earth, then I, wisdom, was beside him as a master and director of the work, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing before him always, rejoicing in his inhabited earth and delighting in the sons of men. Now therefore, listen to me, O you sons, for the blessed happy fortunate to be envied are those who keep my ways. So what Proverbs is telling us is that God had a clear vision and plan laid out. You know, he he knew how this was going to play along. So some of the principles that we're going to uh, uncover here, we're almost going to look at them in hindsight. So we've established that innovation, uh, I mean, a vision, a clear vision helped steer God's innovation roadmap. So things like knowing at some point that, I will have living animals, birds and a man who need food, something to eat, led to God creating dry land and then the vegetation, the herbs and fruits before creating man. So that's that's a hindsight thing. But likewise, we need a clear vision. You need to have a plan laid out as clear as you can make it. Write it down with as much detail as you can. So principle number two is identify the fundamental or core problems. Why is this important? Again, because we can see that God's flow of creation was immediate solutions to existing fundamental problems. When Genesis starts, after it tells us that God, after it tells us what God's vision was, right away it mentions four fundamental problems that existed. It says, the earth was without form and an an empty waste. The darkness was upon the face of the very great deep. But it also says that uh, the spirit of God was moving, hovering, and brooding over the face of the waters. So, these four problems that you see here, and again, there's some hindsight after you kind of go, you read farther uh, farther down that you can see that the flow of creation, the first solutions, the first things that were created were actually directly related to these fundamental problems. So we can extract four problems that existed when God was putting his plan in motion. The earth had no form, it was shapeless. Problem number two is the earth was void. It was empty there were no things in it problem number three darkness was on the face of the deep problem number four there were great waters so these are the four problems now so our principle principle number two says identify the fundamental or core problems so we can see those these four problems now Uh, Four problems existed within God's vision of the heavens and the earth. And as I said, we have a hindsight perspective on the solutions created for the core problems. The earth had no form. And it was void. Now, the solution to this was at some point, matter, physical matter had to come in. Physical matter had to be created to give the earth its shape and no longer be void uh, to, 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 to give it a shape and no longer be void. Now, with darkness, again, we have a hindsight because it tells us light came in. So light needed to come in. The waters, The waters needed to be separated somehow. Now, to clearly understand why we need to identify the fundamental core problems, we can tell from the manner in which God starts to create or innovate it tells us what his problem-solving hierarchy was and that we should have the same mindset. The first innovations that God rolled out or the uh, his first course of action was to solve existing fundamental problems. And we can see it right here because it says, let there be. Let there be light. So that dealt with darkness. Light dealt with darkness. Then a firmament was created. So we already know that the the earth is dark. It's it's shapeless. It's there's no void. There, there's nothing in it. There's darkness. So we start to see his action because the first thing he said is let there be light. So right away we can see light took care of an existing problem, which was darkness. That was, that was all on day one. Now, something else interesting happens. The next thing that is created on day two is the man. He says, let there be a man in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters. So you can see the first thing that was created was light and light took care of a fundamental problem, which is darkness. Then the next thing he says, let there be a firmament and let it separate the waters. So we already have two fundamental problems that have in some way been dealt with, but not completely. So we get to talk about that. So again, we have to stress We have to be mindful of this principle of identifying the fundamental or core problems, because this is the same strategy that God used. You see, before God, before he, you know, he added the bells and whistles, he first dealt with solving the root problem before the pizzazz, before the cool things, before the cool human being, before the animals, before all of this he started by solving root problems. There was fundamental problems that existed in this big vision, in the grand scheme of things. Now, you might need to create a hierarchy of which problems you solve first. You might need to figure out how, you know, create some kind of hierarchy, but in God's case, darkness had to be dealt with first. So, when God created light, he created light to separate darkness, which is probably one of the fundamental problems. Then he created a firmament or sky to separate the waters. And then, so that takes care of another fundamental problem. Then he starts to take care of problem number three or four, three and four, which is the earth was, the earth was shapeless and void. So now he starts to add more, he starts to put in place more physical matter. To give the earth its shape and form do you do you see that i i i, I found this very interesting when, when when i when i started to really think about it i was like whoa it is actually detailed like things are not just thrown into place he wasn't just saying let there be let there be let there be you can clearly see that he spent a lot of time thinking about this thinking about what's going to be the first thing i'm going to do then this will come in place, then this will come. So we can see that that's the approach that we also have to take when we're in a. And I think this can apply to whatever situation we're dealing with. You know, this might sound more like for someone who's trying to build a new business or uh, whatever it is. But I, I think if you're dealing with anything, even a relationship or business, culture, money, all, all, all of these things, I think. It begs to ask, what are my my fundamental problems? What what are the core issues that I'm dealing with right now? This is what I need to hammer on. Like, first, leave all, first, don't try to solve all the problems that are available or present themselves. I think you need to take a step back. We need to and ask, what are the fundamental problems that we need to deal with? That Those are the problems that I should be focused on right now. So ask yourself, you know, one of our principles, which will be coming out, principle number six, says that you can't get answers to questions you do not ask. So I should be asking myself, what are the core obstacles between me and my vision? You need to know what the core problem is because this is what will guide your course of action. As we go through the whole process of creation, you can clearly see that, Identifying the first core problems basically dictated everything else that had to be created. So your first course of action should directly be related to solving existing fundamental problems because this is what God did. This was his approach. Now, someone might be thinking that, well, that was God. What about me? I am not able to do this or I am not able to do that. Well, that's a lie. Principle number three tells us that all of us have the ability to create. We can solve problems. It's within us. We are problem solvers. Principle number three says, our principle number three is, you are a natural born creator or creative because the God who created you created you in his own image, and he is a creator. I think this is very important because we're talking about solving problems. And when it comes to creativity, which is tied to solving problems, which can be in our workplace, trying to a new business within a relationship, I think knowing or or having this guarantee that there is embedded within you a DNA, there is a code, there's an ability to create that God embedded within you. I think it gives us confidence to be able to take on bigger challenges. Personally, it does because most times you look at people who are creating beautiful things, the products that we love to use, and all of this, and and for some reason, we're always thinking that I can't do that. And those are the words that really limit us. There is a... Human beings were created in the God class. Human beings were created... Uh, the, the, we can see here from, from, from Genesis chapter 1... Verse 26 to 27 says, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Then he goes on to say, so God created man in his own image. God said, let us, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, make mankind in our image after our likeness. So God created man in his own image, in the image and likeness of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Now, this is very important for us to know that we have the ability to create. We have the ability to innovate. We have the ability to solve problems because we are created in the God class. We are all creators because the creator created us in his own image. He passed down his DNA into us. There is a gene of creativity in all of us, male or female. Now, natural circumstances, the environment or surroundings we are amassed in might not allow that gene to flourish, but it's in there. It's in there creation create creative creativity all these are inside of us all of these are all of these are are inside of us now there's another reference to another wonderful beautiful scripture that tells us that we are really created in the god class and this is a reference to psalms chapter eight verses four to six and it reads what is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of earthborn man that you care for him? Yet you have made him but a little lower than God, and you have crowned him with glory and honor. You made him to have dominion over the works of your hands, you have put all things under his feet. I think for me, this is this is very reassuring. I, I, I love to go into the scripture. I probably need to meditate on it more than I do. So I'm guilty there. But it's so beautiful because the psalmist is wondering and saying, God, what is man that you are mindful of him? And the cern of earth man, earthborn man, basically from the dust, that you care for him. It says, yet you have made him, but a little lower than God. So that shows you, we are created in the God class. We're not God, but we have a lot of his DNA. A lot of God's DNA is actually within us. So it's saying, but you've made him a little lower than God or, and, and you have crowned him with glory and honor. So we are creators because we've been created in the God class and because God created us in his own image. There's a gene of creativity in all of us, male or female. As I say, natural circumstances or the environment or surroundings that we are immersed in or the environment that we grow up in might not allow the gene to flourish, but it's in there. Think about this. Where did the first airplane come from? Where did the first airplane come from? Every person who innovated or made the first thing had to imagine it. That thing existed inside of them before they brought it to life. That thing was pulled out of them. The first airplane could not have been innovated from the outside. You did not think because you had never seen it. You had never seen any image of an airplane to think, let me come up with an airplane. So this shows us that all innovations, all creativity comes from the inside of us. There's a deposit of it there because when God is creating man, when God is creating all these things, they're coming out of him. Yes, man is created in a special way because we are created in his own image. But The creativity gene that God has his DNA, which is creation and creativity is, has been passed down onto us. That's why the first airplane, the person had never seen an image of an airplane. Every innovation that is not uh, an iteration came from the inside. It didn't come from the outside that imagination. The image was built on the inside without seeing something on the outside, without having seen an image of an airplane, without having ever seen an image of a car, without having ever seen an image of a television set or whatever. And somehow that thing came out from the inside of that person and then he brought it into being. That thing was pulled out of them. Ideas are conceived inside before they are born outside. If you make a car after someone has already done it, you are not the creator of cars. You just made the first car, uh, you know, a better version, but we can't call you the innovator. We can't call you the creator of the first car. No. But knowing that God created us in his own image gives us the guarantee of principle number three, that we are natural born creators. We are creatives because the God who created us, created us in his own image and he's a creator. So that leads us to the next principle. Principle number four. Principle number four is productivity by multiplication i really love this productivity by multiplication again as i mentioned probably in the series intros that there's a lot of things i'm also learning on the fly i'm i'm taking this class with you guys i might be a couple of modules ahead but there's so many things i'm also just speaking up as we go so genesis chapter 1 verse 28 says then god blessed them this is after he creates man in his own image god blessed them and said be fruitful and multiply be fruitful and multiply so the key takeaway for us is god's expectation of us is to be fruitful and multiply now there's some really human i say that when god was saying let there be this let there be that natural law was set in motion when god said be fruitful and multiply Here's another scenario where God was setting a natural principle in motion. The mathematic principles of multiplication was set in motion right here. So we know where multiplication tables came from. because said, be fruitful and multiply. So multiply, multiply. That sets in motion natural law for mathematics. Um, uh, uh, the, the, the multiplication principles, basically. If, if God is setting in motion here multiplication principles, it also tells me uh, there's some other principles, addition, subtraction, all of this. But again, there's so many principles here that we're only catching kind of like snippets of of some of the natural law that was set in motion. So I think this was very beautiful when, when, when I thought about it and said, oh, hey, this is where the mathematic principle of uh, multiplication was set in motion, the natural law. So God is saying, be fruitful and multiply. So God expects productivity. And even more interesting, he couples it with the mathematical principle of multiplication. So first we see how God thinks. Multiplication, not addition. You know, when it comes to productivity, he is a God of multiplication. In fact, When all throughout scripture, we always read phrases like 30fold, 60fold, sevenfold, the double portion, a hundredfold, a thousandfold. Throughout scripture, it always uses the phrase, and the Lord God has multiplied you. He's a God of multiplication, not addition. Uh, that's just his mindset in the sense of like when it comes to productivity, he's, he's all about multiplication. So he's a god of multiplication. So we can say that produce by multiplying. That's how we want to do this. That's how we can really determine if we're being productive, be productive by multiplying. And you can also deduce that producing multiples of the number you started with, You know, we all have a different starting point. In some cases, you might start out with two widgets. So you should be looking for how to produce four, not three, multiply. If you start out with six widgets, you should be looking at how to produce 12, not seven, eight, nine or 10. No, if you start out with six, you should be looking how to produce 12. If the question you ask your mind is, hey, show me how to produce one more, basically addition, you are not fully harnessing the creative gene inside of you. You are not performing at the manufacturer's capacity. And you only get answers to the questions you ask. If you ask your brain, show me how to produce 12, I'm at six, but show me how to produce 12, your brain will start to think of ways on how you can produce 12. But if you tell your brain, I've got five, show me how to produce six, you are limiting your ability. Your brain is going to think according to the questions that you've asked it. So if I start out with five units, the next question I should ask is, how do I make 10 of these? So the way we are productive is by multiplying what we started with so we've covered four principles today and we will pick up the rest of the other principles in our next episode i just wanted to iterate the principles that we have gone over and principle number one was we need a clear vision and plan principle number two we need to identify the fundamental or core problems Principle number three, you are a natural born creator or creative because the God who created you, created you in his own image, and he is a creator. Principle number four, productivity by multiplication. So in our next episode, we will be going over principle number five, which is being resourceful. Thank you and see you on the next episode. This was episode one of Everyday Life Biblical Principles on how God thinks about work, money, business, investing, and leadership. Biblical Principles from Genesis to Revelation. In the next episode, we'll talk about the next set of principles like being resourceful. This is actually a command and expectation from God. We'll also cover other principles like you can't get answers to questions you do not ask. We'll talk about the light principle and separation principle your host for today was Calvin Kabanda thanks for listening and see you on the next episode
1: make a difference don't be moss if he don't bless you my brother you don't need to struggle now nah, Baba bless you make a difference don't be moss if he don't bless you my brother you don't need to struggle no. all our gbagboro shanumi da mo konsa kale go tell me all our gbagboro shanumi da mo konsa kale go all our bubble of Shanumio, Dabu Pusokale, put their living. All our bubble of Shanumio, Dabu Pusokale, put their living. You? Yeah. Release your blessing upon me. 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 Oh low, I fall from above. Levitate tell your people let the whole world know. Say the blessing doesn't come from the west, or so his blessing only come from above. Yeah, yeah, I know you're walking out my brother. Why don't you pray for his blessings to fall down on you? Kolo to luck, but your yes, so I, I, yeah, but that they will be on us been born again. Uh. Nigga, don't like I got without getting Oh, Jare, how that my dolly? Just when you Coco, at don't mock it All of the born again. Just call for your blessings, oh, ya yeah, call him again. Wos. Jare, how that my dolly? Just with Coco, I'm on, ya, yeah, you make a difference. Don't be muscle. If he don't bless you, my brother, you don't need to struggle. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, nah, bless blessing make a difference. Don't be muscle. If he don't bless you, my brother, you don't need to struggle. Be brave, be pray.